We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. So don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, then you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. So ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash manifest. Just go to indeed.com slash manifest right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash manifest. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the new year, I really want to make sure that sauning is a big part of my wellness routine and that is where I'm thrilled to bring in Bond Charge. Bond Charge is a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. Founded on science and inspired by nature, all Bond Charge products adapt ancestral ways of living in our modern-day world. Their extensive range of premium wellness products help you sleep better, perform better, and have more energy, recover faster, balance hormones, reduce inflammation. The list really is endless. If you're interested, go to bondcharge.com manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E.com slash manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15% off on your purchase. That's bondcharge.com slash manifest. Hi, you guys. Welcome back to another episode of Manifest with Tori D. Simone. I'm your host, Tori D. Simone, and I cannot believe it's been a year. 365 days without alcohol, and I really have so much to say. I wasn't sure if I would have much to say that is different from my six months to one year. But now living through an entire summer without alcohol, I definitely have updates from six months to one year and just so much to say, so many thoughts, so many realizations over the past year and so much growth that I didn't even know I experienced until I sat down to write this episode and until I listened to my last Actually, I guess my first episode, which was 30 days out of no alcohol. So I guess the best way to do this is to kind of just dive right into the topic of not drinking for an entire year and why I will continue to not drink and how my life has just dramatically changed for the better since eliminating alcohol from my life. We'll start with a couple big themes that I've noticed and then kind of dive deeper into why exactly it is that I stopped and any other lessons that I've learned. Um, before I go any further though, I do want to say that I have a couple other episodes about quitting alcohol. Um, the first one is my 30 days of no alcohol experience, which I will link down below. My second is six months without alcohol experience, which I will also link down below. And the third one were tips for a sober, curious girl summer that I will link down below. So all three of those are related to not drinking alcohol. 
And it's probably the most useful to go listen back to the first one, which is 30 Days of No Alcohol, because I re-listened to that episode and kind of went off of that one to create this one to kind of show growth and lessons that I've learned and things that I've just honestly forgotten because I've gotten so used to the routine of not drinking that I really forgot what it was like to be in the mindset of drinking and being surrounded by happy hours and bars and just like, you know, normal culture um, because I really haven't been doing quote unquote normal things since I've stopped drinking. And I'll kind of get into all that in this episode as well. So let's first begin with the three big themes that I've noticed and just jump right into it. And then we'll backtrack and kind of go back in time a little bit of why I stopped drinking and all that sort of stuff. So there were three big things themes that came up as I reflected on my past year of not drinking alcohol. The first is that a lot more people have quit drinking alcohol, especially in my age group and in my generation. It's becoming very on the outs and I'm not a hundred percent sure why. All I know is that it's really cool to see and I'm happy to be a part of the movement. I feel like I kind of got in on it towards the beginning of it and I'm happy to be here And I think it's cool that a lot of people are like, maybe I don't want to drink alcohol. To me, an analogy that's coming to mind is it seems to be heading down the path of cigarettes, meaning that drinking alcohol was really the thing to do, like how smoking cigarettes was the thing to do. Like I remember growing up, my mom was like, oh yeah, I smoked cigarettes. Everyone just smoked cigarettes. And growing up, we're taught how bad cigarettes are for you. And it's like, oh my God, I can't believe people would just smoke them all the time. Like you would smoke them in an airplane. You would smoke them in your house. Like cigarettes were just such a normal thing. And then they really got a bad rep, rightfully so. And now they're just like totally on the outs. And, you know, people still smoke cigarettes and there's no judgment when I say any of this. Just more so observing something that I've noticed. So it kind of just seems like alcohol is on the path that cigarettes was on. What, like... 50 years ago, 40 years ago, I don't know. Meaning a lot of people drank and didn't really think much about the health effects of it, but it was just such a normal thing to do. And then once we started learning more about the health effects and what it's really doing to us, it's becoming like a, let me, you know, quit it for a little bit and see how I feel and if I want to continue it. So it kind of just seems like the modern day cigarette revolution, but now just with alcohol. And I don't know whether it's a trend or if it's here to stay or what the reasoning behind it is, but either way, it's it's cool. I'm happy to be witnessing it, happy to be a part of it. And I like it. The second theme that I noticed throughout reflecting upon this episode is that I do not miss drinking one bit. And to be perfectly blunt, I just don't see the point in it anymore, which is crazy to even say that because a year ago when I was 30 days out, I still very much so felt insecure about not drinking. I was in such a different headspace than I was now because of drinking and because of like the culture around drinking and in the process of like removing myself from that culture. But yeah, to be blunt, I just don't see the point of it. 
And at one point, I so did. I used to completely understand why drinking was so big. And honestly, I still do understand why drinking is so big and such a common thing in you know, our culture and other cultures. And like, I do, like, I completely get it. It's a socialization thing. It's a signal to the end of the day. It's a release for so many people. Like I completely understand it. And, you know, it's a thing to do. It brings people together. It's a center of social situations. It's fun. I get it. But now looking in, I don't get it. Meaning alcohol isn't the common denominator in all of these things. The people are. Who you spend your time with is the common denominator. The signals that it sends out is the common denominator. Not like the spicy margarita, not the glass of Sauvignon Blanc, not the old fashioned, not the IPA. Like that's not the common denominator. What is, is the atmosphere or the signal of ending a long workday or relieving stress or being around friends and family gathering around community. Like that is what alcohol is centered around. It's centered around events where we bring people together. And I think if we were to eliminate alcohol and really that's it, if we were just to eliminate alcohol, what everyone at the end of the day is really craving is a sense of community, a sense of release and a way to de-stress. And there are so many ways to do that that don't involve alcohol. And that's not something that I knew a year ago. I really thought alcohol was the way to accomplish, I should I say one way to accomplish a sense of community and de-stress and socialization. And while it definitely is, I think there are healthier alternatives to it. I think what it boils down to is that people are looking for a sense of community and going to the bars with your friends was kind of just like a place to go hang out with your friends and to be around other people. It wasn't necessarily about the alcohol, but the alcohol definitely made it more fun. It made you loosen up and it was served. And I also think there's something to be said about like a forbidden fruit, like alcohol not being able to be legally consumed until you're 21 here in the States made it so that like once you were able to consume it, it was like, oh my God, this is the forbidden fruit. And like now I just want more and more and more of it. I mean, obviously it has to be illegal because it's not really the best to be consumed when you're underage. Like there's a lot of repercussions that happen when you drink alcohol, DUIs, um, people tend to get, some people get violent on it. There's a lot of side effects with it anger. Like I'm not really going to get down that rabbit hole, but I understand obviously why it's illegal until you're 21. But with that being said, it was at one point a forbidden fruit. So once you turn legal and you could drink, it was just something that was like fun and exciting. And you felt like a grown up, and you felt like an adult. So then you can finally get into bars. You can go order these drinks that you've been seeing adults order, order your whole life. Like you kind of feel like you're a part of a club no pun intended, that you weren't really allowed to be in before. So I get it. Like I truly, truly do get it. But when you boil all this stuff down, it's really coming down to socialization, community, being around other people, loosening up, being stress-free and having a good time. And there are so many ways to accomplish that without alcohol. And then the third topic that I found is that I've just personally found so much growth within myself that again, I didn't even really realize until I reflected a year later. And I think it's kind of like, have you ever seen those people that take pictures of themselves every single day for a year? From the day to day, not much 
changes unless, you know, dye your hair, get a haircut, something like that. But then you look at, you know, day one versus day 365 and you see so much change happen. But when you look at the day-to-day pictures, you don't really see much change happen because it's day-to-day. That's how it felt for me. Like it was a very gradual process. It was a very one step at a time. But then looking back at a year, I'm like, oh, wow, there actually really were big, significant changes that I only realized once I looked at day one versus day 365. Because day 267, 268, 269, 270, they all looked pretty similar to one another. But the big picture, there's big change. So let's like back up a little bit. Why did I quit drinking alcohol? I said this in all of the other episodes that I've previously mentioned, but I was never a big drinker. What I mean by this is I would have drinks on the weekend and I would have drinks when I went to dinner and drinks in social situations, but I was never drunk. Um, I think I've been drunk maybe once in my life, maybe not. Honestly, I don't even really know. I've definitely been buzzed. I've definitely been tipsy, but I never blacked out ever. I've never been hungover. I was not just a big drinker. Reason being, I just never liked it. I never really liked the feeling of feeling out of control. I felt that it made me super tired. When I had wine specifically, I would wake up in the middle of the night with insane anxiety. It just wasn't my thing, but I enjoyed the situations around it. I thought it was fun to go out to restaurants, happy hours, bars, and order drinks. I liked getting ready. I liked being with friends. I liked the maturity that came with having a drink in my hand. I enjoyed the taste of Sauvignon Blanc wine, Pinot Grigio, like a cold glass of white wine. Delicious. I loved the taste of spicy margaritas. Like That whole side of it, I liked, but I didn't like how drinking made me feel. I didn't like the buzz. I didn't like the drunk. And I will say this, I liked the buzz for the two to three minutes that felt good and I was bubbly and I was able to chat and I was loosened up and I was like a really fun version of myself. But then after that, it was just not fun. You know, like I would get so tired when I drank, like to the point when I would I would just be yawning at a happy hour or at dinner. Like I was just no fun to be with. And I never understood how people could stay up all night drinking because I just wanted to go to bed. Like it would be, you know, the middle of the day. And I'm like, I just want to go to bed so bad. I'm so freaking tired. And then when I would go to bed, I would find that I didn't even get really that great night of a sleep. And then the next day I would be bloated the entire next day. My mouth would have this like constant state of dryness where I was just so like my mouth was so dry for the whole entire next day. I never was hungover, like I said, so I never really felt like hangover side effects, but I felt like the anxiety of it. I should just maybe say anxiety of it because I was never hungover. Like I never woke up with like a headache. I never threw up from drinking. That was another thing. I always had like a fear of throwing up. I'm kind of over that now, but I would never want to do anything to intentionally make myself sick. So whenever I would see people like get sick from drinking, I would be like, it's just like, why do that to yourself? And I get it. Like sometimes it just happens and I'm not judging anyone, but personally I'd be like, I just don't ever want to get myself in that situation where I get sick from drinking. So anyway, I just wasn't a big drinker. And I always would say to myself, like, I want to stop drinking, but then I would have a dinner and everyone would order a drink. And I was like, you know, I'll just get a drink too. Cause I just don't feel like being annoying and 
you know, being the one to, I'm not drinking tonight. Like who cares? Just get a drink. And then I'd regret it because I'm like, oh, now I have anxiety in the middle of the night. It's 2 a.m. I can't really sleep because my stomach is in knots. Like I'm not having a good time. I'm simply not having a good time. Or I'd be yawning at the dinner table. I just always, you know, just like anyone else, like there was always another reason to drink. I had a concert coming up or it was the holidays. I was going to brunch with my friends. I was at a baby shower. There were drinks there. Like I may as well just have a drink. Like there's always a reason to have a drink. There's a country song. I think it's called Reason to Drink. And it's fun. Like it's a fun song. And it's just like a really cute song. And it's like, we've all got a reason to drink. And ain't that the truth? Like we all have a reason to drink. And that's how I felt. Like I wanted to stop drinking for so many, I wouldn't say years, but there were a lot of occasions where I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to stop it. I don't even like it. I don't want to do it. A lot of the people that I admire and respect and look up to don't drink. And I want to be one of those people. But I always had a reason to drink, so I continued to drink. For the new year, I really want to make sure that sauning is a big part of my wellness routine, and that is where I'm thrilled to bring in Bond Charge. Bond Charge is a holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. Founded on science and inspired by nature, all Bond Charge products adapt ancestral ways of living in our modern-day world. Their extensive range of premium wellness products help you sleep better, perform better, and have more energy, recover faster, balance hormones, reduce inflammation. The list really is endless. So from blue light glasses, starlight therapy, to EMF management, and circadian-friendly lighting, Bond Charge products help you naturally address the issues of our modern day way of life effortlessly with maximum impact. One of my favorite products from Bond Charge is their infrared sauna blanket. I loved sauning and I have for a really long time, but the problem is I always have to go to the gym. And a lot of times I want a sauna at night when I'm cozy at home. I just don't want to leave. That's why using the infrared sauna blanket at home has been so amazing. This is a really great way to ease stress and unwind at the end of the day. It's also really good to detoxify and it promotes um, lower inflammation in the body, which is really, really huge. What's also really cool is that because this is a blanket, your head is out of it. So it's honestly, I find it's easier to stay in this longer. And because my head is out of it, I'm able to like read a little bit longer and my body still gets all the good benefits that I get while being in the sauna blanket. It's really easy to set up and it's also really easy to clean. It takes less than a minute to set up. It heats up really quickly and I can enjoy like a 30, 40 minute session in the sauna blanket while I'm relaxing, reading, watching TV, meditating. While if I'm in the sauna, I can really only stay in it for like 15 minutes because it gets so hot and uncomfortable, but because my head's out, I'm able to stay in it longer, but I still get all the benefits of it. I just feel so much more relaxed after my sessions. I just feel really, really good. And I just love ending my night with a sauna. Bond Charge ships worldwide in rapid time. They have free shipping on every sauna blanket. They also have easy returns and exchanges, and they have a 12-month warranty. If you're interested, go to bondcharge.com manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E dot com slash manifest and use coupon code manifest to save 15% off on your purchase. That's bondcharge.com manifest. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. So don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, then you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. So ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. What I love about Indeed is that whenever I'm looking for a candidate, I put it out on Indeed and instantly I get matched with exactly what I'm looking for. So I don't really have to waste time like scrolling through resumes or anything like that to make sure that they're what I'm looking for. Every resume that I do look for has exactly the qualifications that I need. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning your preferences. So the more that you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash manifest. Just go to Indeed.com slash manifest right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash manifest. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And it wasn't until Andrew Huberman released a podcast episode a year ago, and I will link that episode down below. I talk about this episode in quite a lot of my podcast episodes. So if you're new here, welcome. Um, But I talk about this in a lot of my podcast episodes. He released an episode all about what happens to the brain, body, and your health when you drink alcohol. I will link it down below. Listen to it if you are going to be open to it. If you're not ready to listen to it, don't listen to it. There's no reason to open this can of worms if you're not ready for it or if you aren't going to be accepting of it. There are so many people that I would love to show this episode to and be like, this is the episode that made me not want to drink. I know you've expressed in the past that you also haven't wanted to drink. Listen to this. But if they're not ready to hear it, then they're just not going to hear it. And it's a big change in someone's life and you can't force it if they're not ready for it. So if you're open to it, It's a fantastic episode and he really dives deep. I think it's like two and a half hours. He dives very deep into the biology, the science, the side effects, and he goes through the brain, the sleep, the gut, the process of how alcohol breaks down in our body, which spoiler alert is not good. You can listen to the whole episode. It is crazy. But the biggest thing that got me was I was experiencing a lot of anxiety in my life and I just always kind of have. Um, and I always, you know, associate it with stress of just running businesses and just being alive, honestly, like doesn't everyone have anxiety? Like kind of, that's just how I thought. And I never really put two and two together that I started feeling more anxious once I started drinking. And I was also someone that I'm a big rule follower. So I didn't really underage drink much. If I did, it was at home or it was like a sip of Malibu or it would be... I don't know. Like I, I didn't really drink much underage. If I was in, like when I was in college for like five seconds, if I had a drink in my hand, it would be the same drink that I had three hours ago. Like I would nurse my drinks. I wouldn't really, I just wasn't a big drinker, let alone underage drinker because it was illegal. And I'm 
a huge rule follower. So I didn't like the idea of like literally breaking the law anyway. So I didn't even really drink much until I was 21. Once I turned 21, I definitely noticed my anxiety went up, but I also thought that was just because of being an adult. Like I owned studios then, COVID was beginning a couple months into that. I turned 22 during COVID. So, you know, like I just thought it was life, that it wasn't really alcohol. But the thing that really sold me was when Andrew Huberman said, if you were drinking as little as I did, when you drank alcohol, you felt normal. When you did not drink alcohol, you felt more stressed out. And the only way to fix this was to either stop drinking or to drink more. And I didn't want to drink more. So I wanted to stop drinking. And that's originally why I cut out drinking alcohol for 30 days was to see if I could lower my baseline level of cortisol and anxiety. I had about a two to three week purge period, I would say. Maybe purge isn't the right word. I don't know if detox is the right word, but I had a, a a moment in the very beginning where this two to three weeks, my anxiety was even more heightened when I wasn't drinking. It was even higher. And I woke up with a pit in my stomach for a couple of weeks. Granted, looking back this time last year, I was very stressed out about a couple of things. And that definitely could have been the reason why. But I can also say now a year later, I am so much more calm of a person than I was a year ago. There are a lot of reasons to that. However, I'm very deep into, well, I wouldn't say very deep, but I'm on a journey of really learning about yoga and consciousness and wellness practices. And I just, I'm obsessed with it right now. So I think that has a lot to do with it. I think not drinking has a lot to do with it as well. I think sleeping really well has a lot to do with it. But I also think that I sleep really well because I'm not drinking alcohol. So a lot of it comes back to alcohol. Another reason that I'm like really on a yoga journey is because it's a hobby to fill my time now that I'm not going out to the bars. So a lot of it stems back to alcohol, even if it's not directly because I'm not drinking alcohol. Like I have more time because I don't go to bars because I don't drink. So I've found other hobbies to fill my time. So there's a lot of reasons why, but the big thing that made me start this in the first place was I wanted to lower my baseline level of anxiety and cortisol. I cut out alcohol for 30 days. After about two to three weeks, I felt amazing and I wanted to keep going. And now it's just a daily choice of do I want to have a drink or do I not? And it's been a year of choosing no. And I think a big reason I, along with so many other people, are nervous to stop drinking is because it's truly the center of everyone's social life. And we kind of touched on this. There's always a reason to drink. It's always, I have a concert, I have a party, I have a wedding. I have like literally insert any event here. I have a tailgate. I have a Super Bowl party. I have, I had a long day at work. I have to celebrate. Like I get it. Like we all have a reason to drink. And then we think that we can't go to an event without having alcohol and that actually being sober is like the worst thing in the world. But in actuality, it has nothing to do with the alcohol, but alcohol rather acts as a crutch in social situations, which is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to be sober in social situations. It's uncomfortable to be the only sober one in a room. And I completely empathize that and understand that. And as humans, we want to have the least amount of uncomfortable situations as possible. And alcohol helps ease that feeling of being uncomfortable and really helps loosen it up tremendously.
Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian Pigeon Mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramont Plus. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. When I was drinking, I would be chatty Cathy. Like, I feel like I'd be more fun. I'd be more talkative. I would loosen up. Like, I would really just be more fun overall. So yes, I will admit as someone that definitely leans towards the introverted side, going to any event sober is a bit uncomfortable and it still is. However, I've gotten more comfortable since practicing not drinking in social events where I have to like be a little bit more extroverted. You know what I mean? Another thing to help with that is it's kind of like going to the gym for the first time. We think everyone's looking at us and that we're doing something wrong. But when you realize like everyone is also kind of in their own head, whether they're drinking or not, like let's say someone's not drinking, they're probably in their own head. Like, oh my God, everyone's looking at me because I'm not drinking. I feel so uncomfortable. Everyone around me is drunk. I'm not, I'm sticking out like a sore thumb. And then on the flip side of it, people that are drinking in the moment, they might not realize it, but then the next day they might be like, Oh my God, what did I do at the bar? What did I say? Who was I talking to? Why did I do that? So whether you're experiencing it in the moment or after the fact, we're still experiencing the same thing, whether you're drinking or not. So here's what I have to say to that. No one cares about what you do in the nicest way possible. They really don't because we are all experiencing something within our own minds. We're also within our own heads that if we just simply got out of our heads and stopped worrying about ourselves, life gets a lot easier. And as soon as we can confront that discomfort, it gets easier. You just have to practice it and it's hard to practice it. And a lot of times we don't want to practice it. And I'm right there with you. I don't always want to be feeling uncomfortable when I go to a social situation and I'm the only sober one, or I feel like I'm the only sober one because odds are I'm not. But if I feel like it, I'm like, I really just don't want to, I, I don't want to put in the effort. It would be easier if I just had a drink, but ultimately I don't want to have a drink. And so I'm not going to, but I just have to practice being a little bit uncomfortable and it gets easier every single time it gets easier. And I feel more comfortable quicker every single time. I still have just as much fun at weddings, celebrations, parties, concerts, whatever it might be sober. In this past year, I've done pretty much everything. Well, I have done everything sober, but any event that I feel like you could have sober, 
I've done sober, meaning weddings, completely sober, baby showers, anniversaries, celebrations, bridal showers, long beach days, happy hours, dinners, holidays, meaning Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, Easter, the 4th of July, Memorial Day weekend, Labor Day weekend, boating trips, brunches, Super Bowl, and the Eagles were in the Super Bowl, and I'm from Philly. I had a Super Bowl party, totally sober. Sports games, tailgates, Disney World, including Epcot drink around the world with like, I call them my in-laws, just my boyfriend's family, but it's easier to say that than boyfriend's family. Drink around the world, any fun event that has alcohol centered around it. I've now been sober and I've had just as much fun and I do not feel left out for a second because I'm not drinking. Um, Last week we took my niece and nephew out for uh, like dinner, lunch. I don't know. I guess it was like happy hour time, but we ate. Anyway, I got a virgin pina colada and my niece who's four, her and I split it and we had like the best time. And I was so glad I was able to split it with her because she learned that she loved virgin pina coladas and I got to split my drink with her. Like it was just fun. Like I've always just had a really, I've had fun at every single event and I don't need to drink. The muscle of not drinking has become really easy to flex because it's now just my normal. I'm also incredibly confident and proud to say I don't drink to anyone that I meet, whether it's someone new who I've never met before and now they just know me as someone that doesn't drink or to people that I've known either my whole life or in my past life when I when I did drink. And now we've kind of jo- both just adjusted to the fact that I don't drink. My relationship with certain people has definitely changed, meaning some people that I used to hang out with and like we'd go to bars with, I don't see as much anymore just because I don't do that stuff as much anymore. And that could definitely pose a question, were we actually close because we were good friends or just because it was convenient at the time? I don't know. I'm not going to dive deep into that right now because I kind of feel like it's irrelevant. However, everyone has adjusted for, I wouldn't even say for the most part, everyone's adjusted, period. Friends and family members that used to offer me a glass of wine when I would go to their house now just offer like a sparkling water or a cup of tea or a Diet Coke, um, really just like whatever they have on hand that is an alcoholic. And it was a really simple shift and everyone adjusted easily and quickly. I also see, like I said, a lot of people dropping alcohol, and this really seems to be on the rise, especially with the younger generation. You know the saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks? I feel like that's kind of applying to an older generation when cutting out alcohol because they typically are the ones that I get pressed about it the most coming from a place of curiosity. For example, my grandma was in town and she pulled me aside and she was like, Tori, why don't you drink? Like, why don't you, I just don't get it. Like, don't you enjoy having a mimosa or a happy hour cocktail? And then she proceeded to explain to me why she likes drinking. And the reasons were very similar as to why I also liked it. It loosened me up. I was able to talk to others more. And it was like a signal that the day was done. And I was able to just kind of relax after that point. And I told her exactly that. I said, yeah, grandma, like I do enjoy having mimosas and I do enjoy having a cocktail. And I too felt loosened up and less stressed. And I really enjoyed the signal of like the day is done that came when I had a drink in my hand. But at the end of the day, it wasn't the mimosa that I loved. It was being with the friends and family at the brunch that I loved. And the mimosa was kind of just a part of the experience. It was tasty and it was delicious, but I could also get that same feeling from 
orange juice in a, in a champagne glass. You know what I mean? And it wasn't the cocktail that I loved, even though it was fun going up to the bar and ordering a fun drink. It was fun going out to the deck or going out to a bar at a restaurant surrounded by people that I enjoyed after a long day at work, signaling to myself that the day was done. I still enjoyed all of that stuff, but it wasn't like the drink that made me feel really good. It was the atmosphere. It was the people. It was the signal. And yeah, sure, I enjoyed a spicy margarita, but I can also have that virginized and I still enjoy it just as much and I still enjoy the signal that it sends to my brain. But it was the people that I craved. It was the atmosphere that I craved. It was getting outside that I craved. It was going somewhere else that I really enjoyed. I too enjoyed, you know, being loosened up and being more talkative to others. But like I said, I've had to confront myself over the last year and really sit with myself to be able to be comfortable to hold a conversation without the crutch of alcohol and a drink in my hand. There's a lot of personal growth and development to be had when you're uncomfortable talking to others sober. And that's a confrontation that we're not all ready for and one that I didn't really think I'd be having going into this whole experience a year ago. But looking back, it's definitely an important skill to learn and one that I'm still working on for sure. But I'm really glad to be on the journey of it. As I mentioned, I didn't think a ton of changes happened from 30 days versus a year of no drinking, but there are huge significant changes. The first is that I've had very minimal anxiety at night, which I used to experience a lot of anxiety, especially when it came to wine. Now it rarely happens. And the only time that I wake up feeling anxious is when I'm like displaced from my bed. Meaning if I'm asleep and my boyfriend is like downstairs watching TV and he hasn't come up to bed yet and I wake up and he's like still not in bed, like I get anxious. Or if I fall asleep downstairs on the couch watching a movie and I wake up and I'm like, again, not like tucked away in bed, I feel anxious. And I recognize now what that is and I'm able to really, you know, adjust it. Now, whenever I am like kind of done for the night, I like to just fall asleep in bed, whether that's watching TV or reading a book or talking or whatever it might be. I just like to do it in bed so that if I wake up a couple hours later, I just don't feel anxious. But now I also know that it's never from alcohol and it happens really infrequently. It's very rare. Um, I can probably count it on, you know, it's been under 10 times in the past year that it's happened when, when I was drinking, it was happening very, very frequently. And it was almost every single time that I had a drink. The next thing that I noticed is I haven't felt extra tired. I used to feel so tired when I drank and not just when I drank, but like specifically all the time. And now I sleep like a freaking baby. Let me tell you what, my aura ring sleep scores are so good. I feel like my average is like a 92 and I always have a crown above my sleep score. Like I just sleep really, really well. Granted, I don't have kids. I don't have a dog. So I think that definitely like makes it easier. I don't have a roommate. So like there are definitely reasons as to why that is, but I will say a year ago when I was drinking, I was not sleeping as well as I am now. And my life is pretty similar other than drinking. It also helps that I'm not staying up late at night because of like an alcohol center nightlife. So I kind of just go to bed rather than like stay up and go to a bar. Even if I'm not drinking, I would rather just like go to bed or like watch Love Island or yeah, just like go to bed because like, what do I have to be up for? You know what I mean? Like I love the mornings. I love the daytimes. I love the early evenings. So after that, I feel like I had a really complete day, a really good day. And I'm excited to go to sleep and wake up for another day. So I would just rather go to bed. So 
I sleep like a rock and I sleep really well. The next thing, and this is so crazy because when I was listening back to my 30 day episode, I kept saying like, I love a good happy hour. I still go out to bars. I don't go to bars. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. And maybe this is just like a phase and like one day I will want to like go back to bars again. But right now I just don't see the point in going out to a bar, especially if I'm not going to go get a drink. Um, I just don't really fun. It's not really my place. Like when I think about it, it's like the thing I love the most is before the bars and after the bars. I like getting ready. I like hanging out with, you know, the girlfriends and after the bars, I like going to bed. So if I could just like get ready with all my girlfriends and then go to bed, that'd be awesome. Like I don't need to go to the bars because think about it. Like I have to pay a 10 to $20 cover just to get into the bar. Okay. Then when I go to the bar, I'm going to get a drink and it's like a diet Coke, which typically they don't even charge me for, which is really nice, but I'm not getting like an alcoholic drink. So it's like, okay, I just paid a cover to get into a bar that I'm not going to get a drink at. And then if I do have like a diet Coke or a club soda or whatever I have in my hand, I'm just like bumped into by people all the time and not just sober people, drunk people. So they don't really have self-awareness. Drunk people talk very loud. They like tend to do stupid things. And look, I'm not shaming any of this. That's what happens when you're drunk and that's just the culture and whatever. So be it. But I don't want to really put myself in that situation. When a year ago, I wanted to because I wanted to feel included. But now I'm like, I'm good. Like, I just don't need that experience. Like there are other experiences that are much more fulfilling for me and that make me a lot happier than going out to a bar just to get a Diet Coke and to be bumped into. The next thing that I've noticed is I've fallen in a very deep love with yoga. I'm really deep into a journey of yoga teachings and wellness practices right now. And I'm actually about to embark on yoga teacher training and I'm excited about it. I don't think I'm going to talk about it too much, but um, I'm really excited to begin yoga teacher training. It's a 200 hour cert and it takes place on the weekends. And a year ago, I would have thought that I can't take up my weekends for social reasons that were typically centered around alcohol. Like what if I wanted to go out in the middle of the day or what if I have this or what if I have that? And now with a life that's centered around hobbies and passions that aren't centered around alcohol, I have so much more free time to really dive deep into things that I love and that I'm interested in, which in this case, it's yoga. So now my weekends are able to to be explored with hobbies that I'm really passionate about. And that's why I'm able to start yoga teacher training because I've kind of found yoga in my post-alcohol world. The next thing is I began pickleball. Now on Fridays and Saturdays, I pickleball and it's really fun. It's really fun. I used to think on Saturdays, Friday nights, Sunday fun days, like you had to go to the bars. And if you didn't, it was kind of like, well, what did you do this weekend? You know what I mean? Like especially when you're young and you're in college age or you're post-grad age or whatever it might be, the thing to do is like just to go to the bars. And if I would rather, you know, play pickleball on a Saturday night instead of go to the bars, it's like, okay, is something wrong with me? Like, why don't I want to go to the bars? That was just kind of how I thought. And now I just have a lot more fun doing hobbies that I enjoy. So pickleball was something that I had an interest in and I picked it up and I went on a Friday night to learn and I had such a great time. And it's a lot of fun. I see a whole new side to my friends that I've never seen before. Um, and we will play pickleball together. I've made pickleball friends and it's just a fun thing to do. So it's a new hobby that I've picked up because I don't drink. Another thing is I love cooking. This has been really fun. And when I'm home, I just love cooking a meal and 
at the end of the day, this is like one of those signals that I was talking about. This is one of those things that it just signals to me like the day is done. I can cook, I can unwind and I can relax. And it's just been really fun. I use homemade meals as a way to connect with others. Like how I used to connect over like a happy hour drink. Now I just feel like I cook them meals and it's so much more full of like love and it's much more intimate. And it's that community that I crave that I once seeked out through alcohol, but now it's like, okay, let's, you know, let me cook for you and like invite your friends over, bring your boyfriend over, bring your spouse over, like whatever it might be, bring the kids over, like let's cook and let's chat. And like, if you want a glass of wine, like I'll pour you a glass of wine. Like there's, I'm not an alcohol free household. Let me make that clear. Like I still have alcohol in my house. My boyfriend drinks, all my friends drink. Like it's very much so still in my life, but I personally just choose to bond with other people through other ways. And cooking has been something that I really, really enjoyed. I said in my first episode that when I drank, I felt less stressed. So when I stopped drinking, I was kind of forced to kind of sit with my stress and learn how to manage it, which I definitely have learned how to manage it. And I definitely still am learning how to manage it. But I find that my baseline stress is much, much lower. And I find that I'm just an incredibly calm person now. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have my moments, okay? Don't we all? But I'm able to handle it better, control it better, and they last for much shorter than they used to. Like there's only been a handful of days this past year where I've like really been in a bad mood for like the whole freaking day. Um, when I used to really feel like if I was in a bad mood and something set me off, like it was really kind of hard to turn that around. And I feel like I've just gotten a lot better at that now could be because of alcohol. It also could be because I found yoga, but again, I really deepened my yoga practice because I stopped drinking alcohol. So like what came first, the chicken or the egg? Um, I've also just had more time, meaning I've had more time, like I said, to explore hobbies. And one of those hobbies was retreats. I've been going on retreats and I just see my life in a completely new direction now with the absence of alcohol. And now that I've like stopped drinking, I don't know if I would have arrived at this journey. And if I did, I don't know if it would have taken me a short, maybe it would have taken me longer. Who knows? The what ifs are irrelevant, but I do know that I'm happy at this point in my journey and I can look back and be like, it was because I released alcohol from my life that I've been able to find other things that really make me happy. I find that I'm incredibly more creative. I feel like I've always been a very creative person, which I'm really grateful for. I love that about myself, but I find it easier now for me to tap into a creative space with having a consistently clear headspace. Meaning when I was drinking, I used to have to give myself time to really be creative. Meaning I would need like days where I was doing nothing just to let ideas flow to me. And I still need that, but I'm able to kind of bring my creativity on when I need to call for it. I'm also able to get ideas quicker and I don't need as much time to be alone with my thoughts, but don't get me wrong. I still find that I'm like the most creative when I just have like a day or so to think and to just be chill and to do nothing. But I find that I'm creatively more creative, which is cool. Another thing is that I don't smoke any sort of weed. Um, and 
I kind of like it that way. I just find that I just have a lot more clarity. So like I'm sober as a whistle, clean as a whistle, whatever the phrase is. I just really don't do anything to alter like my state of mind um, other than reading about yoga and the practices of it and consciousness, which that in and of itself makes me feel like I levitate. It's just, it's just so wild to learn about. Um, but I don't do anything to alter the state of my mind at all. And I personally like it that way. I know some people turn to alcohol and weed as a release, and I'm not judging at all. Um, if that's how you get clarity, creativity, release, do your thing. Like, so be it. Personally, um, I used to enjoy smoking weed, and then I was just like, I just don't like if I'm not drinking alcohol, I just want to stop that as well. And I've just found a lot of peace with that, a lot of clarity with that. My mind's very clear headed all the time. And I just feel like I'm in a really good space of inner peace. And I just don't want to disrupt that. Another thing is that in my first episode, I was saying that I felt insecure for not drinking. And now a year later, I could not give less of a shit. <laughs> Honestly, I very proudly decline a drink and say I don't drink. And if people have questions about it in the first episode, I was very like defensive. I was very like, I don't know why people think it's so weird. Like, why does everyone ask questions about it? Like, can't you just accept it and move on? And that was because I felt very insecure. Now I, whenever I say I don't drink, I am sometimes met with people being like, well, why? I, I don't, I don't understand. And I can recognize that it's typically a place of pure curiosity. It's never met with judgment. It's never met with like, that's weird of you. It, and if it is, maybe I just don't pick up on it, but it's just, it's pure curiosity. I think a lot of people are genuinely curious about it. There's also a saying where it's like the things that we love in other people are things that we love about ourselves. And the things that we hate in other people are things that we hate about ourselves. So if we subconsciously are like, oh, I, you know, I can't stand something about this one person. It's probably because we ourselves do it. And we know that we don't like it about ourselves. So we reject it. So typically when people are like, oh, well, that couldn't be me. And they're kind of met with like, I don't drink with a negative connotation. Maybe it's because they don't have the best relationship with alcohol and they wish they could change it. And it comes from a place of like projection rather than anything else. It never has anything to do with you, but people are always, not always, most of the time people that ask are just genuinely curious and they, it comes from a good place. And I'm always happy to answer any questions about it, which I did ask on Instagram if you guys had any questions. So we'll get to that in a couple of minutes. Um, but again, I just always answer whatever questions people have about it. And I feel like it's never met with judgment. I can acknowledge that it's probably just coming from a place of pure curiosity and not understanding. And that's okay. I don't need someone else to understand my life choices for me to be content in doing them. I'm doing this for me. I'm not doing it for anyone else. So when people ask, they might want to be doing it for themselves too. And I really welcome that. And I really open that. And also if I can be that person to inspire someone else to not drink for a day, a week, a month, six months, a year, whatever it might be, that makes me feel really good too. And again, I say all of this not saying that you have to stop drinking or that I'm judging you if you are drinking. I genuinely, I do not care if you drink or if you do not drink. If you have a problem, that's a whole different conversation that I'm not really going to tap into very much today. But if you are ever looking for someone to talk to about, you know, being super curious or potentially not drinking, like 
I'm always here to chat about it. And it's one of my favorite topics to chat about. I just find that I just have a lot more clarity on the outside perspective of not drinking. I just see so many people, I don't know if wasting potential is the right word, but prioritizing drinking when it just doesn't serve them. Like truthfully, what is alcohol bringing to your life that enhances it that you don't already have within you? I think that's the thing. Alcohol just prevents so many of us from reaching our full potential because it's a crutch for so many of us. And a year ago, I couldn't say this because I didn't see it this way. I completely understood it. But now being on the other side of it a year out, I just don't understand it. And that's crazy because I used to, like I I genuinely used to. So now being able to see like both sides of it, I'm like, but why? Like we were craving something so much deeper than the surface level of alcohol. So what is the point of it? And if it's because you genuinely enjoy it, like so be it, go genuinely enjoy it. But I really think it's deeper than that. I think it's community. I think it's connection. I think it's loosening up. I think maybe it's being afraid of confronting something within ourselves. I think it's a crutch. I think there are so many reasons why people drink alcohol. And again, I'm not judging it. I can just now clearly see it from a different perspective to where I just think so many people could discover a new version of themselves that they've been searching and searching and searching for thinking that they're the problem when really you're not the problem. You, you have all the answers within you. You just have to like kind of dig deep and get a little uncomfortable at times to, to get to that, to that answer. And it takes time. It takes work. And it takes practice. It's not easy. It's uncomfortable during certain moments and situations. And like, there's no path. Like I can't sit here and be like, okay, step one is this for your journey. Step two is this. Like everyone's journey to finding the the answers that we're looking for is different. But I think there's ways to begin that journey and cutting out things that don't serve you is a great place to start. So that could be alcohol. It could be your phone. It could be smoking. It could be developing better sleep habits. It could be finding a sport. Like there are so many other things that could be step one. It doesn't have to be alcohol. But now since I've cut it out, I look back on it and I'm like, genuinely, what is the point? What is the point? Another thing is I find when I find other people that don't drink, it's like we have this immediate bond to one another and it's almost like a very safe space for one another. I love being able to tell other sober sober people like, oh, I also don't drink. And then we can kind of just like talk about it. And it just gives you like this instant connection with someone that is really special. Something interesting is that I find that I don't even really crave mocktails anymore. Um, Throughout the summer, I've made a handful of them. And every time that I make them, I'm always just like, yeah, you know, I'll sip it. But I'm good with just like a sparkling water or a water or a lemonade or something like that. Like I don't feel the need to have like a virgin margarita or a virgin pina colada. Like, don't get me wrong. They're, they're fun. I get them from time to time, but every time I go out to dinner, typically I'll just get like a water, a diet Coke, club soda, a lemonade, something like that. Instead of like whatever they have on their mocktail list, if something does sound really good, I'll get it. But most of the time I just get like a standard drink. And I feel like that's been something that's developed for me over the past year is I just like have even, I've gotten more comfortable even stepping away from like the mocktail space of things, which kind of sad because mocktails are really fun, but it's just something that I, I could get. I just don't crave them as much as I did when I first stopped drinking. Last thing, I've saved a ton of money and it's not just from not drinking, but I also just found myself not wanting to like go out to even eat at dinner as much anymore, which is funny because in my 30 day and six month episode, I was like, yeah, I still go out to dinner. I still enjoy myself. 
And I still do occasionally go out to dinner, but I don't go out to dinner as much as I used to. And I think it's just because cutting out drinks and cutting out drinking as a whole kind of takes, you know, it does take some part of the experience away. Like even if you order a mocktail, like it's still fun, but at the same time, it's like kind of the same thing as a bar is like, I would rather stay home, make a home cooked meal at a fraction of the price. This also could just be because like going out to eat is now so expensive. Like if my boyfriend and I get entrees and appetizer and he gets a drink or two, it's literally a hundred dollars when it used to be like 40 or 50. Like it's just crazy. So it was just really expensive now to go out to eat. But I just find that like, I would rather just stay in and like go outside on the deck and have dinner or cook dinner, just the two of us, or just, I don't know. Like I just would rather do other things with my time. And again, I don't know chicken or the egg. I don't know what came first, but since cutting out alcohol, this is something I've noticed and I've saved a lot of money. All in all, I love not drinking and my life has really changed for the better since I stopped drinking and I will continue to not drink. Absolutely. But I don't put a time frame on it. I'm not going to say like, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. I'm going to do this for a whole nother year. I genuinely make this a conscious effort every single day that I have the opportunity to order a drink. So if I were to go to dinner right after this episode, even if I'm done recording this and I go downstairs and there's drinks downstairs and I want to go pour myself a glass of wine, the option is there, but it's a choice in the matter of the moment. Like, do I want this drink or not? And for the past year, the answer has been no. I'm not closing it off for the rest of my life because I don't want it to become a forbidden fruit again. And then something that I could be like, I can't have it. And then I want to binge it like that would be very unhealthy and, you know, could lead to a a big problem. So that's not the path that I want to go down. It's not some forbidden fruit for me. It's just a choice that I make every single day. And it's a choice that empowers me and makes me feel really good in my life and one that I'm happy with. So it's not a time frame. I have no time limit on it. It's just genuinely a day-to-day choice. All right. I asked you guys a couple of questions on Instagram. Let's see what you guys asked in. And then that is going to wrap up today's episode. I got a lot of questions, which you guys are amazing about. So I'll just go through and answer um, a couple of them. How do you handle peer pressure? Um, this is a great question. And I think I handle it just by being firm in my decision of, I don't drink and I'm confident in it. Again, I, I hold space for people that ask the question, well, why don't you? Because it's generally met with curiosity and no ill will. So I'll answer the questions and then typically it will suffice. And then I just move on from it. But I also just don't succumb to peer pressure because genuinely like I'm the one that has to deal with it. Like if I'm with a friend and they really want me to have like a margarita with them and I give into it, the friend is going to feel comforted in the moment, but I'm going to be the one that has the repercussions of it the next day. And I don't want the repercussions just to make them feel comforted in the moment. You know what I mean? Like the instant gratification of it is not worth it for me. I play the long game with it. And I'm just very confident in my decision and saying, I'm not drinking, but you go have fun. And also lead by example. Like don't be the person that, you know, judges everyone and is like, oh my God, I can't believe you're drinking. Like don't be that person. Lead by example. Lead that and show that you can still have fun without 
drinking alcohol and that you don't need alcohol to have a good time and to be the fun friend if that's what you want to be. Do you still go out with friends or do you avoid alcohol type social settings? Love your podcast. Thank you. I definitely still go out with friends, but like I said, I don't really go out to bars as much. Um, the most like social drinking thing that I've done this year was I went on a like booze cruise with all my friends and that was really fun. I just drank sparkling water the whole time and then we went to a happy hour afterwards and I had such a great time. Um, but I was at home by 7 p.m. and I felt great the next day and I had a really, really fun time. Um, I didn't feel left out. I didn't feel like I was missing out on anything. I didn't feel weird. I just had a great time. I was with my friends and that was really what it came down to is I was surrounded by good people doing a fun activity that we all enjoyed. We all got to dress up and it was really fun and that was really the core of it. It wasn't the alcohol that made it fun. It was the people. It was the vibe. It was the environment. Um, it was being on a boat in a bay at the Jersey Shore. It was then walking to the happy hour. It was being with friends that you haven't seen in a while. Like that's what made it fun, not sipping on champagne. You know what I mean? What is a good tasty drink without caffeine or much sugar? Um, a caffeine-free Diet Coke is delicious, but it also has aspartame. So I guess I'll deal with that at some point in my life. Um, not today though. I also just love sparkling water. I find it to be delicious. My favorite right now is the Spindrift Lime. It's so good. And you can also make a really good virgin margarita with Spindrift Lime instead of tequila. It's delicious and it keeps it like not too sweet. Does the feeling of wanting to be tipsy go away? Yes. Here's the thing though. I never really craved getting drunk. Like I had and still have plenty of friends that like, I can't wait to drink tonight. Like I want to get blacked out tonight. Like I have friends that are like that. And I was just never that person where I was like, I can't wait to like, get drunk. So for me, it was a, a feeling that I never even craved to begin with. So I never craved like feeling tipsy or anything like that. So for me, yes, that's not a feeling that I miss. But if that is something that like you genuinely love, I don't have the answer for it. But I would imagine with anything else, it takes practice to kind of get over that feeling. But if it's something that you genuinely want, I encourage you to ask yourself, like, how bad do you want to feel good? Do you want to drink, but pick to keep your sobriety going instead? No, I genuinely don't want to have a drink. Um, I, it's just something that I just don't have an interest in because I, I now see it for something so different than what it is. It was at the point, you know, a year ago, it was having a drink. It was alcohol. It was like the whole ritual of it. But now I just really see alcohol as a social gathering and a place for people to gather as a community. And it's so much deeper than just a drink in the hand. And what's deeper than that, I can still get without having the drink in my hand. So no, I don't, I don't want it to drink anymore. Do you have FOMO when others around you are drinking? No, I don't have FOMO because I'm still around the people that I want to be around when they're drinking. I still feel like I'm very in it. And I remember the night completely. I sleep really well that night. And then the next day I have an amazing full day ahead of me and I'm still around the people that I love. So no, I don't feel FOMO at all. Does your boyfriend not drink too? Does it give you bad vibes when he does drink? My boyfriend does drink. He definitely has 
stop drinking as much because I now just don't drink with him. So he's kind of like, what's the point? Um, does it give me bad vibes? No, because it's a personal choice. If he wants to drink, he can, if he doesn't want to, he doesn't have to obviously. Um, but I don't care if he drinks or not. Like he, he enjoys it. He likes letting loose. He's a very funny drunk. He's fun to be around, honestly, when he's drunk, he's also fun to be around when he's sober, but, um, he's funny and I, and I enjoy him all the time and him being drunk is just silly and goofy and it's not debilitating for him. Like he gets hangovers and stuff, but he doesn't like waste days with it. And he's not, he's not like a bad drunk. He doesn't get angry. He just gets like goofy and funny and silly. And yeah, so no, I don't get any bad vibes when he drinks. I don't care if he drinks, um, but he definitely drinks a lot less which is also funny because now he's like so much more of a lightweight. So it takes him way less to get drunk than it used to. And it's just like funny to see him like that. How to decide quitting drinking altogether versus maybe drinking a night here and there. It's totally a personal choice. The episode that I listened to with Andrew Huberman, which I'll link down below, went through the scenarios of if you drink a couple nights here and there, this is what happens versus if you drink frequently, this is what happens versus if you don't drink at all, this is what happens. So he really laid it out very clearly for me in that episode and what I wanted to decide to do. However, like I said, it comes down to a choice, a drink by drink choice basis. You don't have to completely stop if you don't want to. Like you can allow yourself to have a drink whenever you want. So if you want to have a drink, you know, on the 4th of July, or if you want to have a drink, you know, on Mother's Day, whatever it might be, like you can do it's your, it's your life. You can do whatever you want to do. There's no right way to do this. There's no wrong way to do this. There's no rule book on how to quit drinking for the sober curious. Like there's none of that. So you can do it however you want to. Um, it just comes down to a personal choice for me. If I were to have a drink, a random night, I think afterwards I'd be like, what is the purpose of this? Like, I'm not getting anything from it for me. I don't, I'm not enjoying it. And it's kind of just like, what I, what I, why did I just do that? Like, what did I do it for? You know what I mean? So that's where I come from with it, but it's completely a personal choice. What can I do with someone who drinks to make it easier on someone who doesn't? Oh, that's a good question. I think first and foremost, I would just be empathetic and acknowledge that the other person isn't drinking and just see how you can be supportive in their journey, whether it's talking to them, if they're like, oh, I really want to drink in this moment and they can't for whatever the reason might be, just being open to talking to them about it or just seeing how you can support them. Like, does it mean you can go for a walk with them instead of maybe going to a happy hour? Or does it mean you'll come home at nine instead of, you know, 2 a.m. just to hang out with them? Like, there are ways to be there for someone while you you still drink and they don't. It just requires communication. So I would just talk to them and ask them, like, how can I support support you on this journey. And if their answer is like, I want you to stop drinking, that's something that you then have to decide. I can't tell you what to do or not. Um, that is a big ask of someone of asking you to stop drinking entirely, especially if you don't want to, because it really does have to be a personal decision. Otherwise it's just not going to stick. Um, yeah, that's an interesting one. Good luck. Keep me updated. I really enjoy the social aspect of having a drink with friends. Any suggestions to cope? Yes. This is kind of kind of coming back to what I was saying, that it's not about the drink. It's about being with friends. So find time to be with your friends. Like if, you, if you're making time to be with your friends by going to a happy hour or to a bar or after work and you guys all go get drinks or whatever it might be, 
could you still do a group activity together that just doesn't have drinking involved? And do you want to stop drinking or do you just feel like you should stop drinking? Because you don't like, you don't have to stop drinking if you don't want to. This episode and my take on it is purely for the people that are just interested in it and that are genuinely like, hmm, do I want to stop drinking? Like, you don't have to stop if you don't want to. So if you really do enjoy it and you see nothing wrong with it, then you don't have to stop. But if you genuinely want to stop, but you like being with your friends and having that social drink with them, it's the friends that you like being with, not necessarily like the drink. Yeah, maybe you get silly and goofy and funny and you guys say funny things when you're all drunk. But at the end of the day, like you you would still be that silly, goofy, funny girl, even if you didn't have a drink in your hand, because the drink is just bringing out that side of you that you already have within you. Okay. There's a lot more questions. So I think I'm going to answer some of these on my Instagram as well. So if you guys want to head over to my Instagram, it's at Tori Sterling underscore, but I think I covered most of what you guys are asking in the episode in and of itself. So I think I'm just going to leave it here. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Manifest with Tori Simone. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Have a wonderful rest of your day. If you have any questions, my DMs are open. Definitely be sure to DM me. Be sure to watch this video on YouTube and I'll talk to you guys all in my next video and podcast episode because it's not just a video. All right. Bye guys. I will see you next time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. What's up, everyone? It's Tana Mojo, and we're still canceled. Our podcast, Canceled with Tana Mojo, is back, and my favorite clean girl, Brooke Schofield, is by my side. We've grown up ever so slightly since our last episodes, and we're so excited to dive back into what's going on in our personal lives, gossip about pop culture, talk about lessons we continue to learn, and bridges we continue to burn. It's going to be wild, hilarious, and probably a little bit messy. So pause whatever show you're listening to right now and go follow Canceled with Tana Mojo on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to get your podcasts. So you don't miss out on your weekly dose of chaos as we laugh at each other, laugh at our own lives, and maybe even give you a little advice along the way. Woohoo!